Okay. Is this on? Is this is this on? This is Cozy Coast, aka DJ Kotze, and I am listening to THF Radio. Train out of Tornhaus at Temple of Airport. What is this? Okay. <laughs> okay, what is what? It's ele- it's 1 p.m. in the afternoon. 1 p.m. in the afternoon on a Saturday. Saturday, no? Saturday, the 25th of July, also known as the 25th of July in many other countries. Here we are in Germany. You're listening to uh, Anything Goes uh, with uh, your loyal Filippo Sprefico. I was supposed to start this. Uh, I want to really start this. One second. On. Good day. <laughs> Good day. Good day to you, good day to them, good day to all of them, wherever they are. You are listening to Anything Goes. I do the b- intro again, no problem, we have time, we have a full hour of this, you don't have to worry. The, the, the radio show you didn't know you loved, live from DHF Radio, the most uh, airport-like radio that uh, we have uh, here in Berlin and uh, you are about to listen to another fantastic installment installment number 13 of uh, Anything Goes welcome uh, to the show A brand new program It's called Anything Goes It sounds just like a podcast But it's a radio show Anything goes because anything goes But also anything goes Rhymes with anything goes Anything goes Anything goes because anything goes Rhymes with anything Okay, you have no idea, but uh, what usually happens here is that it's a normal, genuine, calm, relaxed Saturday afternoon coming down from the regular drugs that we take here in Berlin. But today, for some reason, there is there are people with maps, <laughs> with a, a check-in point written on the map, and they're asking me for directions. Do you think I don't know how to st- give directions? Of course, uh, I don't. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> But today, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody else in between, we have uh, a guest. Uh, a guest uh, who is uh, another traveling uh, performer and uh, searcher of uh, the magnificent. Can we say that? A searcher, uh, a searcher of the magnificent. We have here with us uh, Emilia Jane Hunter. <laughs> it was supposed to be the round of applause. I love my sting. What uh, what do you mean? Yeah, I, you love uh, your your sting. It sounds like something falling into uh, water. <laughs> it, it felt a bit like a like a like a turd falling in water. I apologize. No, that's unromantic. I know it's unromantic, but at the same time, uh, aren't we here? It sounded like coins falling into the Trevi fountain. 
Hello, Emilia. How are you? Well, isn't this a joy to be in a open air radio <laughs> no, station please. on the edge of the uh, Templehof Airport? You know you. that I, I always do my best not to tell people exactly where this place is located to keep the mis- the mystery of. Uh, of the of the feeling of this uh, of this program, you know what I mean? Well, I just ruined that. No, you haven't really ruined it. I, <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying I'm just I'm just letting you know because I told everybody where it is exactly. It's Columbia Dam number ten, mm-hmm. and we are legal and uh, and we're and open for uh, any sort of instructions or uh, we can give advice from here. Suggestion or recommendations? I need to know whether the levels of the microphone are good uh, before you be- because we test this uh, while uh, we do it. How do you feel? The volumes of the microphones are good? It is just beautiful to okay. be holding a microphone Fantastic. in my hand again. So listen, uh, holding a microphone in your hand, what, uh, what's been going on? You perform, you are, okay, let's do a normal introduction and then we can talk about whatever we want to talk about. You are from Australia. This is not important, no. but people can tell. Yes. But at the same time, you've been performing here and there, not in the past five months, maybe. No, they have just been solo performances or that dreaded Zoom shows, which I really held back from doing for such a long time until I was lured in to a lovely one in London. Uh-huh. Uh, I just felt they were a little hack thrown together, poor production values, but I understand that for those of us who are such show-offs, it's a necessity. We have to have some out we have to have some catharsis. Because I, I often think about the amount of time that it took me, for instance, to really come out from my shell and discover that the stage was my place mm-hmm. and how this was taken away from me. It feels like I was robbed from something that wasn't only a job. It's a state of mind. It's, a, it's, it's something that really helps me to, to get through. And I've been on stage last night for the first time in a week because also I've done a show the week before, but it wasn't <laughs> as good. Uh, and uh, uh, I've understood <laughs> that I lived, I've been living for five months on social media. And I tell everybody in this show, don't do social media because it's only a marketing ploy. And there's a risk that people, whatever you post is taken face value. And so, but you fall, it's incredible. You fall into this because I think humans are ultimately people who believe in what's being told. They trust generally and constantly they're being pounded by all kinds of, uh, you know, manipulations and stuff like that. (laughs) Do you agree with me? (laughs) Well, I think we are by nature social creatures. Yeah. And like I said, when you are an extrovert, like we are. Yeah. Or you want something to say, you have things to say, you have a very uh, overwhelming need to express, uh, do stand-up comedy, whatever form of performance. The stage is really, you know, helps balance both our mental health, uh, keeps us decent, and it's a beautiful way to have a diary entry only with a microphone in I'm your hand. S- I'm so sorry, but decent, I've never... Okay, take decent back. Yeah. Uh, well, you can. I, I look. I've missed it. I've really missed the stage. Yeah. I've missed the festivals. I've missed the touring. I've missed that camaraderie. I've missed stealing everyone else's jokes. Jokes. Yeah. Because of course. Now I have to write my own. 
it's 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 uh, it's not about the jokes it's about the delivery let's remember that and even if dear comedian who are listening to this fantastic radio show of course being jealous of our fantastic opportunity to express ourselves in the way that we want your jokes are not so good but we can make them better that's all i do i having. just polish them up and <laughs> shine a new light on them that's all i do <laughs> where are we <laughs> No, but okay, so uh, last night I was telling you I've done uh, a show in Italian in Berlin because Berlin, of course, is a city that needs us more than we need her or it or they, whoever, however Berlin self-identifies itself. Um, And um, there was something in in the vibe of the audience that at some point halfway through my set, I stopped Mm -hmm. and I asked, are you okay? And some people said no. But not because they were not okay with me and everything. But because there was a problem that nobody was addressing. The problem of, you know, this this thing that has been going on in the past five months. You know what I'm talking about. And and there is no clear way to address it. Not because we don't know it's been happening, but we have been so we're so saturated with this thing that even that we have been living all of the various narratives on social media. Mm-hmm. We've been living like, you know, from Bill Gates! 5G, uh, your mom, all of these things that have ruined us. Uh, the, the, the debate has been killed by do, by what? By the debate itself. By the by the fact that constantly you see... You know, so, the comedian does not know what to do. Right now, the comedian does not know what to do. How do you address... How do you... How, how do you... Anyway, I stop. Well, I think we've been forced... A lot of people feel they've been forced to take a side and that there's only two narratives. Yeah. You know, you either wear a mask or you're an anti-vaxxer. You know, low-hanging fruit. I know a lot of people attack people for whatever reasons, but I I just encourage people to engage and critically think and, you know, not lose their ability to, uh, you know, have self-awareness and ownership. I mean, this place, I mean, the world, the world capsized. You know, it's like the Concordia all over again. The Concordia. The captain of the Concordia are when you, he hit the rocks. Are you, are you using uh, an Italian? I am. An Italian, I am. We're using it yeah, because you know that uh, still today there was an old joke that was going around. I know it's going to be very bad, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's <laughs> an old joke that was going around with the Concordia guy, and there was a guy. He said, uh, "You know, I think that the Concordia Schettino was the captain. He did very well." Because uh, I close my eyes when I come and I would have gone <laughs> straight into the rocks. At least he stopped. He stopped before the rocks and he capsized it. I told you it was not going to be so good. Do you have a, do you have a bite of uh, something? Do you want to propose us something, Emilia? Something yours? Something? And I turn, I, I, I take down the base for you. I just complete silence. Well, I want to ask you. Yeah, please. What about, what was it that wasn't right with the audience yesterday? Ah, yes, that's true. There wasn't anything really wrong. It was the fact that nobody could properly address was- the problem. Nobody, like, people probably expected to go to a comedy show, you know, socially distanced with all of the necessary rules and uh, get some release. Mm-hmm. And they did laugh and they... But the main that there was there's an elephant in the room and the elephant in the room cannot be properly addressed because I have not overcome, you know, as a comedian, sometimes you overcome personal problems so you can make fun of them and uh, disassemble them, take them apart. I haven't, you know, I, I put in a few references and jokes about it, 
but there wasn't anything ultimately cathartic about it. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they were feeling bad wasn't about it. It was the the the, the common state in which we are, and we can't keep on not fully being aware of because uh, we have been assailed by the media discourse that has somehow normalized the er- the emergency. The emergency has been normalized, but of course. You cannot live like that. We are still living it as a sort of temporary transitional moment, but it's been going on for a long time. Well, I think the audience really looks to comedians to help them come to terms with their own feelings and to also see the funny side and, as you said, to give that release. Yeah. And I I mean, I have a gig coming up next week and I don't know how (laughs) I feel about it. Yeah. There's a little plug. (laughs) (laughs) But I look at my joke book and it's a full of, you know, sad, frustrated, fierce diary entries. And I don't know what's funny anymore. But I know that the responsibility is to uh, bring about some mirth. So I'll definitely be putting in some mirth. Mirth. You know that I never meet people who use uh, the the word mirth. Can I say that? You just did. <laughs> I'm used to, I'm, you know, I'm used to the voice of my own head going like, can I say that? And then I say, yes, of course you can say it. And thank you very much for saying it. Uh, I think uh, at this point, uh, you don't know how my show goes, uh, but uh, usually I talk and talk and talk. And then um, while talking, at some point I interrupt myself and I start uh, uh, a sketch. Anything goes. Please dial star six one one for assistance as your cellular phone is not authorized for use at this time. Pour de l'assistance, veuillez composer étoile six un un. Nothing we can control. Mm. 
just as usual, really. Yeah. But also, I never wanted not to do anything. You mean not doing something? No, I think I never wanted not to do something. Well, uh, you mean you you were okay with doing things? Yeah, that's what I mean. I always just wanted to work a little bit every day. Yeah. But not so much, you know? Mm -hmm. And here we are, just scrambling for activity. Our religion has always been making and producing. Nah. Our religion has always been consuming. Nah, making. Consuming. Eh? Do you feel better when you create or when you consume? Well, you know, I always try to create, but all I do is consume. Well, maybe the reason why we feel so stranded nowadays is is not because we're not creating, but but because we, we feel that we can't even try to create. We don't even have a say of what's going on. Mm. This might be the most insightful thing you have said in all the episodes. What? What What episodes? <laughs> nah, nothing. For a second I fantasized we were being recorded, or worse, pre-recorded by some odd mind. <laughs> what? <laughs> How could you ever think this thing? <laughs> yeah, just open your mouth a little bit more. Yeah, your nose, open your nose. Okay, op open, open your eyes now. Yeah, open your ears. Is that the sound of ears? Yeah, I, I think so. Just open your pocket now. And your wallet. Hmm. What's in this picture? That's a postcard from Lanzarote. Oh, really? Hmm. Do you mind if I... Oh, by all means, yeah. Oh, thank you. Fisherman. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
Hello. Hello, fisherman. I found a fish. I am glad you brought it here. Look, I found this fish. I've never seen it before. This is not a fish. This is a tool. A tool that is in everybody's mouth. I am glad you brought it here because I was about to record a public service announcement. Here it is. Every day, hundreds of medical masks are abandoned in the sea. Every day, hundreds of medical masks are retrieved in the sea by the world's swimmers, fishermen, fisherwomen, fisherpeople, and failed drowners. Every day, we swim in the sea. Every day, we dream of the sea. One day, we will go back to the sea. But for now, the sea is not the natural habitat of the medical mask. The medical mask belongs to your face. Help the medical mask return to its natural environment. Your face. Your mouth. This is a campaign to help you shut your mouth. How did it go? Sure, I will do that, Emilia. I will do that. As we said, we don't talk over the saxophone because the saxophone is sacred. And we did a little bit. Also, at some point towards the end of the song, it becomes really sad. And we don't want to sadden you even further because life exists. Uh, here we are, back in wherever we were before. Because we don't need to know where we are. We just are. Emilia, how are you? And also, Emilia. I'm fantastic. And I, <laughs> I loved I loved rocking out to that song. Yeah? You yeah. love rocking out to oh, that song? I, you know, aside from days? missing the stage, I've missed dancing. You know, and there's only uh, yeah. so many solo... Naked lounge room disco parties you can have on your own. Um, I I haven't even attempted to do that. I have started to develop more physical routines that involve not taking too much space. You know, <laughs> such as squats. I never did squats before. Now I understand they're good for my 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 tiny bum, my booty. tiny Italian, my tiny booty Italian <laughs> bum. Uh, Emilia, I want to know because you know Berlin is a city of uh, quagmires. <laughs> it's a city of swamps. Wow. Berlin means the, si the city on the swamp. The quagmire. So, I like. what brought you to this quagmire? <laughs> well, we have to go right back to uh, when I was seven. <laughs> okay. No, serious. When I was seven, yeah. I found a magazine yeah. in a Mormon church building site. And it was nothing like any magazines I'd known up to that point. You know, no cartoons, no color, mm -hmm. no jokes. Uh, because this magazine was black and white photos yeah. of men with other men doing things that, you know, a little seven-year-old head couldn't wrap her mind around. But and I certainly hadn't learned that, even though I was at a Catholic school. Mm -hmm. But I was so mesmerized that I took this magazine home and I hid it downstairs in an old freezer that we used to put blankets in. And after dinner, every night, I would crawl sneak down there and crawl around in the dark with a torch in my mouth, reach inside to the freezer, pull out this magazine and go to this one particular page that really was so awesome because I never understood what was happening in it, but I couldn't understand also what were the feelings I was having. Uh -huh. And I had that magazine for three months and until I made the fatal error of showing my older sister, she burst into tears, ran upstairs, told mum, heard that mum's you know feet across the kitchen opening the second drawer with all the tools weapons to hit kids in the 70s oh yeah it was a good era standard and i knew i had like 20 seconds to get rid of this offending evidence so i ran up our really steep driveway out onto the road and i flung this fabulous magazine into the stormwater drain and mm -hmm. uh, it floated away forever but i 
woke up 33 years later yeah. in Berlin. And With- rather than seeking out all the tourist trappings of Brandenburg Gate, Hitler's bunkers, or, you know, the equally upbeat topography of terrors, yeah. I found myself lured elsewhere. Where about? A subterranean paradise. Oh, my God. Yeah, you know, the sort of place Lewis Carroll would never allow Alice access to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the sultry, sordid, sexy goodness of Berlin's quagmire dark rooms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was desperate to see if anything had changed since the 70s. And let me tell you. It didn't. No, a bit more facial hair. And, uh, you know, then when I'm there with a head full of poppers, you know, steaming up in a dungeon with latex-clad SS soldiers and their sexual submissives, Mm -hmm. looking across a surging orgy to that one naked wizard with the plaited beard and the velvet cloak, you know him, and he's tying up a group of, you know, willing acolytes in the Japanese rope bondage. And I see this one woman, one woman on her hands and knees being tied up. And I think to myself, wow, Berlin, I'm yours. So that's how I came to Berlin, via a men's magazine from 1979. So are you telling me that you care, you carry the memory of that seven years old experience? Yeah, it's, yeah? it's definitely got a, a, a connection. A connection? Well, I also worked out what that feeling was that I had when I was seven. It was called strange arousal. Strange arousal? Yeah, because I thought I was a boy up until the age of seven or eight. Yeah. Because, you know, back in the 70s, you know, gender was really fluid because everyone was in denim overalls. So... On what? In denim overalls. Everyone wore the same thing. Ah, we were all kids. There was no girls' I'm sorry, toys not and in boys' Italy. toys. Sorry, you, in, your, in your countries there where things are fluid. Uh, in Italy, we're very clear and we are all, of course, all very... Uh, you know that Italians come here. This is an example of Italian coming. <laughs> no, but tell you. An Italian comes here to Berlin. Some Italians, of course, they come here for that kind of liberation mm-hmm. that we're talking about here because it Italians is a- would come to Germany for liberation. Can you believe this? Because it's, it's for Ber- it's not okay. Okay, let's not everybody. Let's not make this mistake. Like the mistake, <laughs> the mistake of coming to. We're not coming to Germany. We're coming to Berlin. It's a different place. It's a place Berlin exists. True, you're in right. Your mind. It does. It, it is that magazine. Okay, so liberation in mm. that sense of just like coming to Berlin to discover all of these dungeons and stuff. But at the same time, there are other kinds of Italians who come here and they go, oh, it's so beautiful. There's so much space. Uh, I love the parks uh, and I love to go around by the bike uh, because the, the cycle path or oh, the Germans are so effective. Idiot! <laughs> We're in Berlin! <laughs> We're not here for the bike lanes. No, they're they're, they're, they're here for Bergheim. They're here for the Kit Kat. They're here for the subterranean world that exists here in Berlin. But, you know... It's not the prettiest city. I mean, it's it's got some magical corners, but you don't come here because it's a beautiful city. You come here because it's got a tortured, traumatized past. Mm -hmm. It's a multicultural melting pot. There's uh, kink and kook everywhere. Socks and sandals. Yeah, no, socks and sandals You can't is get too lost because a German will tell you off at some stage. Socks and sandals, I don't know who told me this, but it is the most effective today. My, it's my contraception, fl- that's my what it is. It is because... <laughs> 
You know, it is, but it you is. You see that coming and you go, I'm not going to get pregnant. I would say that is social distancing. I would say socks and uh, socks. and. But also it is for the kind of weather. Because the kind of an Italian man or Italian person, because I don't want to say a man <laughs> at all times. I just want to say an Italian person. I'm sorry that my perspective says man. Um, comes here and he says, I'm sorry, but the weather is not clear. Is it hot? Is it cold? Is it chilly? Is it humid? I don't understand. Socks and sandals. This is what happens. Suddenly, I start to feel maybe I, I need to get some socks and sandals. And, you know, I always propose, I'm what the Please one... Please don't. Don't. No, no, I don't. I don't say, but I understand. This is called cultural understanding. Culture perspectivism. Because, in a way, we come here to Berlin. We take advantage of Berlin, I find. Because Berlin has is a bit of a of a hoe. It's a bit of a of somebody that you can use. A bit of a hoe? A bit of that. Wow. Did what? I no, no. No, I think that we are, well, I've certainly come to Berlin and I'm contributing something. I think that there are those people who've who've read their trip advisors, they've lived their life online, they've had a mobile phone since they were six, and they just come to Berlin, like a Berlin, like I'm here, what do you got for me? You know, not willing to sort yeah. of contribute something of themselves. So it's take, 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 take. Yeah, there's a lot of taking. Yeah, so and they're the sort of people that go away going, eh, I didn't really enjoy it, you know. But Berlin is a fascinating place. I mean, it's been seven years for me now, and I am constantly seeing new fabulous. You're so well behaved, Emilia. You're so well behaved. Well, you it's, always have it's a one good o'clock words. in the afternoon. Good. <laughs> you have good words for everybody. I mean, well, it's better to be positive, isn't it? Because there's too many people ragging on the world, and there's too much negativity. And I would much rather, like, mm-hmm. you know, Dolly Parton said. Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. <laughs> She said, if you see somebody without a smile, give them yours. And it yeah. works so well in Germany because I give everyone my smiles. Now it's a little bit of an experiment to see if they'll smile back. All right. Okay, well, uh, we're back. <laughs> okay, so um, we're back here. I would like to remind you, today is the 25th. Of July, in case you forgot, in case you're listening to the show on Mixcloud, which is usually uploaded uh, after my um, <laughs> my 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 hangover of uh, the su- Sunday, uh, then it's not the 25th of July because you'll be listening to this uh, pre-recorded. Uh, I would like to remind you that on this day in the year 306, Constantine the First is proclaimed Roman Emperor by his troops. I just wanted to remind you because sometimes we forget about the fact that history was written by a bunch of people we would never hang out with so uh, I would like to I would like to say um, that Berlin uh, on top of being whatever we said it was before it is also a city of love uh, a city of love not only love uh, in the sense of uh, but also in the sense of Wow, that was some pretty good sex sound effects. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Because you're talking to somebody. You, we, you, we were, we were saying before about Italians who come here because of the bike lanes, uh, and I'm probably, I'm probably one of those, because I am one of those Italians well, they're safe. who has never been to Bergheim. I've never been to any of the big clubs. Ultimately, because I don't like to queue up. 
because it's an Italian thing, not like liking to queue up, mm -hmm. but also because uh, at 2 a.m. I'm like, that's it. I, I cannot stay up the night. I, I'm a bit of a health nut and I cannot drink much. I cannot take too many drugs. And actually I've never taken drugs, mom, because she listens every day to the show and she understands English. So whatever I said is not what I just said. Mm -hmm. So for me, the, let's say that the, the experience, the Venusian experience of Berlin, the Venus-like experience of Berlin is not as um, expanded as many other people who have a, maybe a higher, not sexual drive, but at least curiosity. I am not saying I'm not curious, but I think that I don't go certain places because I know they're not for me. And they're also not very hygienic. Uh, you know, Berlin comes with a thick veneer of uh, uh, body scent. Yeah. And uh, there is much very, very different types of amore here in the amore. city. And you can participate of partake in anything you want. I just joined actually a, uh, a telegram on, on the phone. You know this thing? You can just type in anything you want and it will come to your door in Berlin. Yes. So, you know, no more going to the park, no more going behind a bush, no more clandestine getting into a car with a dodgy old Turkish guy. Mm -hmm. You can have everything you want brought to your door. And there's a group on there called the Secret Society, I think. And they are, who's up for a party? Three cocks wanting, mm -hmm. looking for a, a mouth in Friedrichshain. And this is exactly how they advertise. Like, they've just cut through any romance. Cut through the bullshit. Cut through the bullshit. I'm looking for a hole, you know. I'm looking, I'm hard right now. Who's around? So. And, and I mean, I very vicariously. Do you find it endearing? No, I find it hilarious. Ah. And I love the fact that I live in a place where it's so open to do all that. And even though it may not be to your liking or you particularly want to participate, I love the fact that it's out there. Mm -hmm. And so are people's uh, fetishes, wants and needs. We're not hiding them behind dogma. You know that my mom just texted me saying, good, well done, you don't take drugs. Just to remind you that after all, you think that you leave your country of abode after 12 years that you liberate yourself. No, because Mark Zuckerberg brings WhatsApp to us and uh, makes sure that if the state cannot take you, at least your mom will. Well, at least we know we're being looked after because we're being yeah. constantly watched. Thank yeah. you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Um, <clears throat> no, but... Uh, How have your love affairs been? In the city. In the city, you know that uh, I have a strong um, policy in in my <laughs> life that in my public life I don't talk about my private life because us performers are always in the limelight, in the silver strings of the universe, and we're always exposed. And people want to know about us. And the more they want to know, the more you share, the more they take. But also they don't really care. They just want to know because people are a bit of voyeurs. So I'm doing okay with my love life here. Um, or surely not during this uh, this period, but let's say that I'm a guy. I'm a guy who hangs out, uh, I do my show, <laughs> I go to bars uh, and whatever happens, uh, I take whatever the universe gives me and sometimes it comes in all different odds, uh, odd shapes and forms, uh, all of them incredible. But at the same time, Berlin, you know, it's not a place for stability in that sense look it depends what you're looking for if you want to go after a relationship and that's what your heart desire wants then you will find that and off more often than not 
people will settle for something. Or if you want a little bit more variety and colour in your life, then you'll go for that. I did something this year that I've never done before. And what is it? <laughs> I downloaded one of those uh, delivery um, apps. What's it called? Wow, it's um, you've deli- sorry delivery is in deli- delivery or yeah. ma- social matching. Yeah, that, what's it? That's the, the app. The app, the Tinder. The, no, I didn't go on the Tinder. I didn't. Did I go? wasn't going. Deliveroo. Uh, no, uh, I, no, no. But Airbnb. It, what is no, it? No, Bumble. Bumble! Yeah. My God, the high class wow. Bumble. No, well, I was told after, you know, I mean, I'm I'm close to, uh, well, I was born in the 70s, so there's no no guesses how old I am, but... You mean you're born in the <laughs> 70s? It doesn't look like! What are we talking about here? Because I've always yeah. felt that I was too egotistical and arrogant to have, like, we can put our faces on posters. Mm-hmm. I will tell my... Uh, childhood traumas and my insides of my you know vessels on stage but I would I felt very strange about putting my face online and as my lovely friend Mary Burke and a fantastic Irish comedian says mm-hmm. you know really it's basically saying would you in all honesty fuck this face sorry Filippo's mum no no it's okay I mean there's, there's a lot of uh, no I like mums to like sub, me. sub sub submerged messages that go through in the show that are worse than saying the word that you just said please don't say it anymore in my show I won't say it uh, I've used up the one quota for the hour yeah, anyway one quota <laughs> and I think I've used mine as well previously so I mean while most people locked down I opened up I had a great time mm-hmm. you know and I'm continuing to have a great time because you not only meet some wonderful people but you also meet some parts of yourself yes oh, yeah? but then there are also some ridiculous people as well and uh, if you'd allow me I have written a quick little poem oh my god I oh my god. I would be delightful to hear because you know this is a free space a space <laughs> that we give to people to showcase uh, their most uh, uh, deepest uh, uh, things especially in a time like this in which we don't have enough to express ourselves please to you so I'm an equal opportunist and as you know I'm a very uh, very gregarious loving person but sometimes you can only take it so far So I met a questionable person and I dedicate this uh, poem to him. He was grimace, purple, pimpled and punctured, with a lymphatic system that struggled to function. He was made from genetically modified meat, the Monsanto of machismo, Mr. Corporate Greed. With a waft of body odour that made my eyeballs sting, his acrid scent filled my mouth like a syphilitic king. Down my throat, giving rise to a giant-sized hack. I choked on my bile as my stomach tried to fight back. I was motionless, stunned by his flesh, pouring from his ears like he was covered in breasts, drooping, dangling like a thick spread of lard, shaped by a meth addict who took a shit in your yard. His genitals were bound by beneath a big swollen ring, like an underset trifle Auntie Janice always brings. He reached down to uncover them. Lifting the flap with a crack peeling back, broken capillaries in a yellowing brown gift wrap. The aroma, it cut like a laser, burning my eyes like I'd just been tasered. Blinded, broken, looking for the booze. Here comes Man Mountain. I think he wants you. He exhaled (sighs) as he leaned into me, asking if I was ready to be entered by he. I was motionless, stunned by his breath, moments from flatlining, seconds from death. Lazy, repulsive, magnificently vile, his penis flaccid like a balloon animal, made for a child. And yet he burrowed down like a truffle-seeking boar, rifling through the undergrowth. His dick 
was heading into war. Snorting, thrusting somewhere down there, Mawson's hut would have been closer, but he didn't seem to care. His compass was smashed, his boat was lost at sea. He was fucking the desk lamp. He thought it was me. His cognitive dissonance was my temple of doom, his flailing heartbeat, halitosis filling the room. More thrusting, drool, falling from his face, struggling to get oxygen not long for this race. Huffing, puffing, trying to blow that house down. Save yourselves, little pigs, save yourselves. But leave me some of that poison punch, for this is my Jonestown. Then a dirty nail tore at my hips. His desperate attempt to find purchase needed antiseptic tip. And then it happened. A huge groan and a thrust. The giant man was gone in a tiny puff of dust. Now, I know this is karma for all the bad that I've done, but making fun of angry Christians never stops being fun. This might be my audition for some eternal damnation, but fuck me, Lord, there was zero penetration. granulare bevo per dimenticare il mal di mare viscerale che questo mondo mi dà respirazione artificiale per suscitare il vecchio buon umore al favore non criticarmi perché è sempre più difficile tirare avanti questo show Fanno male i piedi a furia di ballare Un po' di luvio nel tuo cuore mi concederà Bimba se sapessi che monotonia Tutte quelle palle sulla fantasia Guarda che mestiere che ci tocca fare Io con questa faccia il mio passato da dimenticare Bimba non è un caso di nevrastenia Vuoi denominarlo spreco di energia Tutta la fatica che ci tocca fare Solo per riuscire a galleggiare in questo pazzo mare Perché non sali Ho una collezione di medicinali E due bicchieri Gli avanzi del pranzo di ieri Ci sono tante sfumature Anche nel colore delle scottature Le abrasioni che questa vita ci fa Mentre inesorabili Tiriamo avanti questo show Forte mal di testa, furia di sgolarmi Con un tuffo nel tuo cuore mi rinfrescherò Bimba se sapessi che monotonia Tutte quelle palle sulla fantasia Guarda che mestiere che ci tocca fare Io con questo 
questa faccia il mio passato dato dimenticare bimba non è un caso di nevrastenia puoi denominarlo spreco di energia tutta la fatica che ci tocca fare solo per riuscire a galleggiare in questo pazzo mare They, they say Italian music is not good. Haha, <laughs> I don't agree. I think that we all have something <laughs> in common with <laughs> Italian music. Listen, uh, oh, what do, what do we think about this delightful bass? I found it pre-recorded on, uh, on uh, YouTube. Uh, um, you know that there, there are some people who create uh, uh, royalty-free basses in order to not make a living. It's incredible <laughs> how people... No, but there's a lot of stuff online because when the internet started, you know, in, 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 in that year, whenever it started, and also internet is not a thing that started. It's something that goes on in the mind. There's something spiritual about the internet. We can say that, but it's been assailed as much as our normal psyche has been assailed by advertisement, etc. But still, there have been a lot of people online that produce material free for you, for you to use. Sounds like Berlin comedians. It's, it's we basically... We create jokes to not make a living. And it's incredible how um, humans, after all, have not really become so depraved to say everything has a, a cost. Yeah. It's actually the majority of people are mostly... Good. Good. Most. This is... I always think no? that most people are good. Most people are good. And there's good things out there to uh, build a good art, make great art. Mm, mm, mm. Make great art again. But... I, 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 because you know, I start to think that using slogans like this is dangerous. Make again, you know, I think we never lost it. No, we no. We never lost no, it. No, no, look, all art's derivative. We're just building on the magnificence that was before, that continues to inspire us. I mean, that's what I love about Berlin. There's brilliant artists here, like really pushing boundaries, breaking taboos. By the way, um, talking about Magnificent, my mom sent me another <gasps> message right now saying that she loves your kind, your brand of English. Oh, isn't she wonderful? She probably and apologies, fully, uh, yeah. Filippo's beautiful mother, for the three F-bombs. Two of them were, no, were, were wrapped up in art. You know, as long as uh, you take care of me, I told my mom that you brought me homeopathic remedies when I had an injury to my... We don't say where because it might be of mag uh, there knee. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that really went, rude part of the body. I went to another <laughs> dimension for one second <laughs> as I was looking for the word knee. No, well, that, we got to look after each other. You know, we, we we're all people are all we've got, so we need to look after each other. And I was more than happy to bring you that little. Uh, Alexa, <laughs> dressed in my ninja outfit. It is very true, and it was such a quick delivery. Uh, talking of Telegram, no, I mean <laughs> that was that was a delivery. Sometimes, guys, sometimes people, you need Telegram. Sometimes you need friends. I prefer friends. I prefer that uh, tactile. I prefer eye contact. I don't want to be messaging all the time. I want people to pick up the phone and dial digits. Yeah. I want to hear voices. I want to look into the eyes of babies. No, I just want to look. <laughs> 
I want to look into the eyes of people and I want them to look back at me. Yeah. I want to ask a question and wait for the answer. Yeah. <laughs> I live I live in a world of affirmations and bumper stickers, but there we have it. No, but I think also, you know, I don't want to say that might be uh, a difference between us because I don't think there is a difference, but surely we interpret things in um, also according to the times that we lived. You know, I am going... I've left my 20s behind and... Only I, just. Only just, yeah. but at the same time, I I feel that the things I, I apprehended there are the same things that you have apprehended but in a different time period that sort of delivers those messages in a different way but still they are the same things like what's there's an endless repetition of the same i find um and um i've lost my thread of thought well i think we just get better i mean we you know it's a classic case of you know what do you want to keep taking forward with you i mean we could completely change our entire uh structure of our bodies you know i've got a scar next to my eye from when i was two years Mm. old and thought i was uh you know a aerial gymnast and jumped off a, a, a chair. I've got a broken arm, which was set wrong when I was four years old and I jumped off a cricket pitch um, scoreboard thinking I was Wonder Woman and can fly. Now I don't need to have any of these kinks or bends in my body anymore because I can completely, you know, regenerate, rejuvenate myself. Yeah. You know, teeth, bones, every t- 10 years completely break down and change again. Echinacea. Yes. Echinacea is Echinacea. good. Echinacea. Echinacea is Echinacea. good. <laughs> It's good for your immune system, if that's what you're talking about. No, I mean, for the immune system, but also, you know, like, um, I, for instance, I went, I told you, I went to a chiropractic that mm. crack, 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 crack. Yeah. I've realized I don't take enough magnesium, for no. instance. There's Everyone like... Everyone needs to take magnesium. There's a lot If you want to do handstands, you got to take magnesium. And this is what I do. People stop doing handstands. Because of magnesium, because mm. the lack of magnesium. You know, I have the feeling sometimes that the kind of... You know, you said something interesting to me the other day, which was nobody in the government, in the media, said, take your uh, vitamin, vitamin C, D, take, but, take, yeah. you know, it's not Boost about just Boost your immune mass. systems. Yeah. Boost your immune no, systems. Nobody said that, it's which is incredible. Yeah, it's fear, fear, fear cells, fear cells. But so too does happiness. So we're bringing happiness back. Because and we're boosting people's immune systems by making jokes, being funny, yeah. being positive. Not to our, um, you know, not to the point where it's disingenuous, but... My goodness gracious, we have a responsibility. And I think as we're going back onto stages and the world is opening up or closing down more more, more in the Southern Hemisphere, we have always had a responsibility to be funny. But as leaders, you know, we can lead the, the audiences towards a place where they can feel safe, mm-hmm. they can feel relaxed, and they can feel that they're not the only ones going through these dark thoughts you know, and, and repression and frustration. You know, a, a Buddhist monk told me that they believe that comedians are great sages, you know, and, and totally and utterly necessary to people's spiritual growth. Like a podcast, but it's a radio show. 
goes, anything goes, but also anything goes, rhymes with anything goes. I wonder who that Baptist uh, monk you met in what, on Telegram? Where did you meet this Baptist monk? It's a her, and she's oh, my sorry. best friend since I was 16. Okay, then, you see, I and always she's not, she's not biased. Uh, it was actually one of her senseis told her. Uh, yeah. And she, she then told me, and I wrote it all down thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be a guru. No, not at all. No, But I think, uh, you know, uh, I'm, uh, I also believe that there is a way, what do you, what? Uh, Just laughing at uh, the, yeah, yeah. the music. The, there is a, I also believe that um, we need to be a little bit depraved in order to be wise as comedians. Because there is always, there's one thing that I remember um, pondering about very vividly when I started doing comedy, which was, is this going to make me a bad person? You know? Wow. I started to really think, is this gonna make me a person? I'm ca I'm carrying on because the people that are supposed to do this show after me, they haven't showed up yet, so we keep on doing. I think it's, um, uh, you become a better person. I mean, you may not always hit the marks and the targets with your jokes, but that's part and parcel. You know, I mean, who was it? Billy Connolly said it's a 25-year internship. You know, you never, I think no, you if you... You never arrive. Well, you know, I don't want to quote an old... Uh, rapist pervert but you know he did used to, I used to carry around in my first comedy book my joke book one of his quotes and it said the moment you know to be a great comedian you have to polarize you yeah. know the moment you have everyone in your back pocket loving you your career's in the toilet yeah and I don't I, I don't necessarily agree I don't set out to polarize mm -hmm. but I definitely know taking to the stage if I have nerves about some of my jokes not just the performance and structure of the entire set if I have some nerves relating to what I'm about to say then it's good I really uh, kind of enjoy it mm -hmm. no no um Yes. And you're one of those comedians. You know, I remember when you caught my eye many years ago, it was because you you took risks and you're very unique and you're incredibly animated and charming. And they're two, oh. you know, they're two charms that many comedians do not wear on their Pandora bracelets. Uh, but, you know, that is unfortunately I was born with it. And, There's nothing uh, unfortunate. Can, You've got to mine what you have. And, you know, even the most you know dullard on stage can still be absolutely magnificent you just got to play to your strengths no you have to uh, i also wonder um i also wonder really you know this is what happened going into the stage last night made me fully understand that a lot of i live in my mind a lot and if i don't let it out there was a moment when i started being on stage yesterday the first five minutes in which i was like going through the motion so quickly because I needed to everything had to come out yeah. everything had to come out and then I finally settled it was like I need a quickie before I can go into the full <laughs> you know what I mean like sorry I have to clear out the pipes and then shoot the first one into the carpet you know I mean <laughs> you know we have all been uh, on telegram groups oh, sorry uh, <laughs> no no but it's okay uh, and so Um, you know, because when you are not a comedian, and I remember my life before not being a comedian, I had all of these thoughts, these ideas, I had images about myself, but up until you don't go on stage, you don't fully realize how full of bullshit you are, and you need to work through that stuff. Uh, and you use it as a sort of therapy, but also self-discovery. I don't like to o o just say it's therapy. 
it is some kind of self-discovery. At the and on the other hand, um, this is a spiritual practice in a way because my dilemma was, okay, you're coming. Okay, I was carrying on. Cause I, come, come, come. I'm gonna close the show now. Uh, in in a way, I was wondering, was this? Uh, wait, hello. How you oh, doing? Good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Good to see you. So, in uh, I was wondering, is this really what I need to do, or have I lost my train of thought? I probably lost my train of thought, but I'm pretty sure that uh, they know what I was talking about before. Um, Emilia. I think that you just got to keep going. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be a new frontier, but it can be one that we build, yeah. you know, and we can orchestrate and uh, be the architects of, you know. I think that people are going to gravitate even more so towards art, even though our stages have been depleted, funding, you know, festivals, fringes have closed and f for the certain future, but we are going to be the front line. Thank you so much, Emilia, for Thank being you. with me today. I've had so much fun. I'm so glad. You have been listening to Anything Goes, episode number 13 on the 25th of July 2020. Don't forget, uh, there is more that meets the eye. And where are your eyes, if not in your eye sockets? This is Cozy Coast, a.k.a. DJ Kotze. And I am listening to THF Radio. Train out of Tuahas at Temple of Airport. Come together!